Uh, welcome, listeners, back to Yeah, Aha uh-huh with Lisa and Phil and our co-host Aaron Leckinger from California. Uh, this week we have Will Cooper, our favorite political pundit and syndicated columnist, and we have Virginia. Now, Virginia, how do we pronounce your last name? Last name is Mushkablat. Okay. Okay. Mushkablat. So, is it okay if we just call you Virginia? Yes. That's okay. what usually people call me. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's her name. All right. Yep. Okay. So, uh, Will, Virginia, Virginia, Will. Great to meet you. And Aaron, Phil, and Lisa. There we go. Yep. So, this is day 34, or this has been day 34 of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And it's been somewhat of an eventful day. We, we tried to schedule this earlier, mm-hmm. and, but it, it, it's kind of fortunate because a lot of things have happened in the interim that, you know, today was a very pivotal day, I would say. In the- I heard no news today, so I'm excited to be enlightened. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I guess the biggest news is that the Russians and Ukrainians are meeting in Turkey mm-hmm. to discuss, uh, you know, peace terms. And some of the news that came out of it was that uh, the Russian military was going to back off a little bit in observation of the peace discussion. Um, there's been a lot of skepticism about that. Back off a little bit. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, <laughs> I oh. guess everything is relative. Right? <laughs> yeah. Ten so, steps back. <laughs> so if, if it's a free format, I don't think he's backing off. I think the first plan didn't work out. So he mm-hmm. goes into second plan, plan B. And I think what he's trying to do is trying to regroup to retain at least uh, the or low territories, the Donbass and Lugansk. And yeah. for that, he's re- retreating from Kiev, uh, Sum, Chernigiv, and Kharkiv, and he goes towards uh, east and south. That's how it looks to, to me. But mm. the good news is that there is going to be less fight around the capital. That's a, that's a good news. Okay. Basically, yeah. Right. That's and, that's my perception, at least. And people right. who are inside, because they still bomb Kiev. There are still, you know, um, uh, mm-hmm. they they can hear the bombs going on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah. it's, that's a really good news. He's retreating. That's really good news because that means he doesn't have enough um, enough army, enough people. Now, my understanding is you have uh, you own a company and. Yes actually employ people in the Ukraine. Yes. So are you able to communicate with them consistently talk, right now? I, well, my morning starts with reading the news and, and pinging people who stayed in Ukraine, um, <laughs> in Kharkiv, in Lviv. Um, some of them moved to Chernivtsi. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and some of my friends who live in Kiev, I still talk mm-hmm. to them every morning. That's, that's my routine now. Hello, are you there? Are you alive? Yeah, that's such a wow moment. So, Will, have you, uh, I'm sure you've been following the news. Um, what have you gathered about the most recent developments? Yeah. I, I have, I've been following in general. I have not studied today's events. I saw a little bit about them. It certainly seemed promising, although mm-hmm. any news, um, and it's- I think this will probably be a permanent state of affairs as long as Putin's in power will be interpreted with lots of guarded optimism, even if it seems very positive. Um, right. But that, but that being said, it does, it does seem like a good 
good development that they're talking and there appear to be some concessions that does seem to be positive, even though things could change quickly. Um, but, right. but yeah, Phil, Phil, what maybe you could elaborate a little bit about what you saw. It sounds like you may be more informed than some of the rest of us. Did, did you get a, any more detail about today's events? Well, there is a Russian billionaire by the name of that Abramovich. Abramovich. Yeah. Right, right. And he seems uh, apparently he the news was that uh, recently he was along with a couple of colleagues were the victim of a poison attack during uh, other dis- you know earlier discussions. But he was seen at the discussion or the table today. And I don't know what that portends or if it's just, you know, all that is just the Russian propaganda machine or what, you know, but, um, and then, you know, there was just the, the information about, uh, the, the troops sort of, you know, backing off a little bit. And then, you know, the Biden administration has come out and said, you know, do not trust that, um, line of reasoning, you know, do not, don't trust that that's really the case. A lot of the escape routes and things like that out of, Ukraine are very dangerous, you know, might be uh, uh, to lure people out into the open, actually. But that the Russian, the Russian forces have become sort of crippled. Um, you, know, you know, the, the bog down of the invasion has kind of crippled the army. And, and they're actually em- employing uh, domestic vehicles like, you know, Toyota trucks and things like that and outfitting them with guns and stuff because a lot of the tanks are the Russians are abandoned and bombed out. So, um, yeah, there's definitely signs that the, uh, it's not, it, it's not the juggernaut that we imagined when the USS USSR was in. Yeah. You know, distance. One question I have, my understanding of the Iranian, excuse me, Ukrainian people is that it, a lot of people that actually are familiar with them are not surprised that they're fighting. And they're not surprised that they're very motivated and putting up a huge, impressive defense. Um, And that makes sense to me that that would be the case. So was Putin really as dumb as he seems or did he know it was going to be hard and it's been hard? Because you would have to be, I think, really stupid to think everybody was just going to roll over. I'm not sure if he's stupid so much as... um... Definitely a narcissist. Uh, he just can be wrong without being stupid. And I think he was definitely right. wrong. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't uh-huh. think he is as stupid. Uh, no. Well, he is definitely a narcissist, but when he's doing something dumb. No, he's not doing but... something dumb. He's just being misinformed. Uh, uh. I don't think he's stupid. I think he's misinformed because he's at the level uh, high enough. Mm-hmm. To for people to tell him what he wants to hear, yeah. and I think they got into this cycle of propaganda when he's he believes his own propaganda because he doesn't get the facts because this is what he wants to hear. Yeah. Nobody can say okay. nobody can repeat anything sense. he says, or that you know they get yeah. dressed down and ridiculed in front of everybody. I I have insights that other people don't, uh, and unfortunately I can't give you the name, but mm. the. I know people close to Putin, they were absolutely certain that this whole thing will end up in a couple of days because they would be invited in, because they will be well-received. The, the, the Russian army will be well-received. Welcome to the they, liberators. Yes, they were absolutely certain that Ukrainian people dislike Zelensky and they want, want him out. Mm. And um, 
couple days prior to invasion, they called um, those warnings propaganda, the warnings mm-hmm. about the war. So, mm-hmm. and these are people close enough to to Putin, I would say, that yeah. had this misconception. Basically, they went into the cycle of believing their own things. Yeah. And they never got a reality check. Now, is Zelensky unpopular? Oh, no, he's extremely popular. Oh, he's extremely. very, very well. Yeah, I, wanted to, I wanted to present the question. I mean, I can imagine he'd be a, up for a Nobel Peace Prize, provided mm-hmm. he survives this, yeah. you know, the whole ordeal. But mm-hmm. I think Putin is imbued with this nationalist uh, vigor. He is uh, obsessed with the thought of reassembling um, the Soviet Union, bringing Ukraine, bringing back its glory, Belarus back under to a USSR, mm-hmm. you know, latter day USSR, or newer day USSR. And kind of you know, emboldened by Trump, maybe a little bit. Emboldened mm-hmm. by the political climate that Trump, you know, created. But, but you know, he, if you look across the, the across <laughs> from, the um, the Kremlin, there's a stat- statue of Saint Vladimir, and it was erected in 2016. It's a great. He was a grand prince who became known as the Kievan Rus from 980 to 1015, and he was the first Orthodox ruler of an empire that stretched mm-hmm. across today is Russia, you know, Ukraine and Belarus. Mm-hmm. And it's like he's almost like Hitler's Frederick the Great was to Putin. And so you hate to draw those parallels because it's such a meme, you know, everybody mm-hmm. that a bad, every bad actor in politics mm-hmm. eventually gets called Hitler at some time. Yeah. But I think that he's really earning the, uh, the mm-hmm. title. <laughs> Are right. we talking about Vladimir the Great, the one on the Dnieper River uh, banks uh, with a statue of on a river uh, on the banks of the Dnieper River? Vladimir, uh, Vladimir with the, with the, with the crest. Well, Are we talking you know, about that one? The one who, who christened the christened the, the Russia? Is it the one? Well, it's Saint Vladimir, apparently. Saint, saint Vladimir. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Was he uh, a saint? I don't remember if he was a saint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably not, but in their eyes, maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I think you see parallels there. And I always thought, you know, I think the thing that made people desensitize to Putin's aggression. Was the fact that you don't see uh, you don't see I, all the idolatry that you used to see, like Brezhnev and uh, Vladimir, you know, Vladimir Lenin, mm-hmm. all the the banners and the statues and things like that. He had a, a more understated approach, and for years, I think people were enamored with him as a businessman, sort of, you know. But underneath you mean, it all, you got to look at how long it took for them to actually go across the border. Yeah, well, I mean, he he invaded. Mm-hmm. Crimea in 2014. He kind okay. of revealed his hand right there that he was, oh, okay. you know, a, a yeah. interested in acquisition or reacquisition. Right, right. So I think if you want to talk about what his motives are, I think a lot of that speaks to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's it's pretty surprising that if it was overconfidence and just believing what his people were telling him, you know, Russia's experience. The last time they did something like this was Afghanistan, which was a huge failure. Right. And um, excuse me, something on this scale uh, with that ambition. Mm-hmm. And the United States had a very difficult time getting Iraq to turn into what the architects wanted it to. And you would think just the lesson of something that ambitious of taking over an entire country with tens mm-hmm. of millions of proud people 
that's a heavy lift. And the idea that you're just going to roll in there and everybody's going to, you know, thank you as you're bombing their schools and their, their homes Mm -hmm. seems like a pretty big blunder. And it makes me wonder if it really was, if he really was as um, misguided as the narrative or if, if, if maybe he knew it would be tough and there's more, Um, more going on. So for the, for the, the events of 2013, 14, right. You're you're referring to, uh, Putin taking Putin and Russia taking over Crim, right? Crimea. Yeah. Well, I was um, saying Af- going back to the eighties with Afghanistan when uh, very Afghanistan, <laughs> Afghanistan was um, well, I was in in, in high school. Yeah. Uh, that would have and, been Soviets too. Yes, I was in high school. Than, and uh, it all wasn't Putin all, calling the shots. It was his country in this uh, uh, adventure. Putin was, at the time of Afghanistan, let's put him into historical perspective. He was KGB, low level. He right? was, he was, no, he was in college. He's not, he's not much, I mean, he's what, 70 now? Uh, so in, at the time of 80s, he was about um, 20 plus, close, closer to 28, something like this. Um, so he no, was already serving. I was 18. I think I did read that Brezhnev yeah. was premier during the Afghanistan invasion. Yeah, I, I wasn't suggesting Putin made the decision, but just like the United but, but States... I, what I'm trying to he, say, he might have missed it altogether, the Afghanistan experience, because he was he was in Germany. Mm-hmm. He oh, might have never witnessed uh, personally. What he witnessed was after the perestroika, when Afghanistan, um, when Afghanistan was over, and a lot of people came back. All these people fed the criminal... Um, uh, groups that were uh, taking over uh, along with KGB, it kind of mixed together all these veterans on the streets, right? Mm-hmm. Who had no purpose in life anymore. They killed a lot of people. They were traumatized. Uh, a lot of them went towards the criminal and criminal later on went with KGB. So he might know some people from Afghanistan experience, but he knows them as a ruthless criminals uh, mm. make, making things happen. Mm. But, so well, he might have kind of... a very different different perspective of Afghanistan. He doesn't have a historical perspective. He has a more of a, you know, knowing people who know how to kill other people in order to make things happen. Yeah. Mm. But, but you're, well, you're kind of saying that maybe he's repeating the same mistakes that uh, he, 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 it's, I, I do, I do believe that Crimea was taken over for reasons a bit different than we went into Afghanistan. I, I think Absolutely. that he was thinking that he's protecting people, uh, in Crimean Peninsula. It happened straight after the Olympiad in Sochi. They were mm-hmm. at the height of a success. They were absolutely, you know, in euphoria. They were all in euphoria and, <laughs> um, uh, Again, another source, and actually this one I can name. Uh, his name is Chernyshenko. He is, um, he, he, you can see him a lot on Russian TV now. He used to study in the same college that I did. He was pretty euphoric about all these land acquisitions in Sochi and success of the Olympiad as he saw it. And he was bragging a lot about it. And um, at the top of the euphoria, he might, be, may, might, might have thought that it's it's a good idea to go and catch some land with Russian-speaking people. And there were a lot of Russian-speaking people in, Krim, in Crimea, mm-hmm. a lot of them. Um, and uh, it also has been 
during the remember the Maidan just uh, started, Yanukovych was ousted, and he was afraid for his um, for Russian oh. navy, which was stationed in Sevastopol. And after after Yanukovych was ousted, he he wasn't certain what will happen to the uh, to the navy, mm-hmm. right? Right. Right. So he thought it's a, it's a time to go and take over, and it was easy to take over because he just staged it with uh, with people we call we call ichtamnet, the people who don't exist there. Basically, yeah. <laughs> that's what we call them, right? So he staged the whole uh, uh, Russian uh, uprising, and and mm-hmm. uh, and because it was so easy, he might have get, gotten an idea that it will be easy later on as well. So he decided yeah, to repeat yeah. it in 22. Virginia, were you were you born in Ukraine? Yes, I was born in Kiev. Okay. Okay, so this is very personal to you. I mean, this is very... Oh, yeah. when you watch- now, uh, do you speak Russian or, I mean, is Russian taught in, in Ukraine? Yes. Yes. Actually, Russian is my primary language. I was born in a Russian-speaking family. Do you speak Ukrainian? I, I learned it in school and I speak it when I have to, but it's not as easy for me to speak Ukrainian as it is to speak Russian. Yeah. I, have I some, understand it well. I have mm-hmm. some friends whose um, their father's Ukrainian and their mother's Ukrainian Canadian, and um, they they both speak Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, anybody I've ever met from the Ukraine really just speaks, they speak Russian. They kind of just throw the that's, language that's not, out. That's not quite true. There are a lot of people who speak Ukrainian. Yeah. Uh, after, after the uh, I mean, several... You, you say just when you have to. It's not like your natural... It's no, not your I was, first language. I, yeah, I was born in the Russian-speaking family. Right. Yeah, but it doesn't mean everybody is. There. I right. know right, people right. who... I've been, but I've, I've, you know, maybe four or five Ukrainian people that I've asked, all of them Russians, their primary language... And it made it made Marco and Ehor's father sad. <laughs> so, uh, when did you come over? When did you be- become a Californian? When did you leave Ukraine? Uh, in '92. '92. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, are mm-hmm. you an American citizen? Yes. So '92. Glad to have you. That that is <laughs> that is the, that's right after Ukraine. That's right after the uh, breakup of the Soviet Union. Then it was right. Yeah. Um, well, not long after the Afghan withdrawal. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, um, but Perestroika started in '86. Perestroika, yeah, right. So I lived through Perestroika in '81. We decided that we want to come here, and we had relatives, and we, we came over. Yeah. So when you hear this, uh, I mean, what bothers you most that you hear coming from the Russian side about this? Like they they talk about uh, Putin himself. I don't know if you can say that this is a Russian thing or not, but it's a Putin thing. Talked about the Nazification of Ukraine. What, the, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a flashpoint word to bring up, you know, I mean, is this propaganda or was, what is he predicating that category categorization? Oh. On, you know? Okay. So um, with Putin, everything has to be taken uh, with a grain of salt, of course, but um, it's not, Okay, so what Putin usually does, and all KGB people do, they take a little piece that exists, something that exists, little thing. For example, um, there are people who love Bandera, okay? And Bandera did work with with the fascists at, at some point, right? So um, 
there, there are people who speak highly of him and fascinated by him, uh, but they are not the majority of Ukrainians. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, every every state that I know, Russia, Ukraine, so, uh, Soviet Union, United States of America, uh, European states, they have people with different opinions. Mm-hmm. So so they, they take this little thing that they call Bandera. And because people in Russia are aware that Bandera uh, existed and there are Ukrainian people who are fascinated by him, um, he takes it into, but he takes it out of a proportion and he calls the whole Ukraine uh, Nazis. Yeah. So he says, okay, now you need to denazify the Ukraine. It's not, I mean, there is, there is nobody to denazify. I mean, right, maybe right. there are a couple of people who believe in Bandera, but majority of people, especially after 2014, it's a United Nation. It's a mm-hmm. absolutely democratic, multi cultured, multi-opinionated right. nation. And of, course um, the, of course, the thing he, that Putin fears the most is that uh, Ukraine joins the uh, joins NATO, right? Um, he joins he joins the European course of Ukraine. Remember, 2013 happened after the Maidan, and Maidan was the uh, expression of Ukrainian people to go European way versus Russian way. No matter what he did, he just couldn't make Ukrainian people love him and join him. And mm-hmm. and all these eight years, he was building up the army to to prove his point. But it's mm-hmm. difficult to prove the point. It's difficult to be loved by you know by by force. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But Ukraine is the second largest European country. So when when we had. The Iraqi war back in that was ninety, I think. The nineties, nineteen first one. Yeah, yeah the first. Mm-hmm. I remember on the eve of that uh, war. You know, the night the night did it start. They started to uh, uh, send missiles. The outlook was very grim. I mean, the mm-hmm. the tone was that you know this was going to be a long protracted war, yeah. and that people well, would fight they- for Saddam Hussein. You know, mm-hmm. and that. Uh, it would be guerrilla warfare, and people and Americans went to sleep that night thinking this is going to be like a new Vietnam or something. Mm-hmm. And then they woke up the next morning, that. and there's General Schwarzkopf standing at the podium talking about, you know, we've we've already surrounded um, mm-hmm. uh, the capital, and Saddam Hussein is on the. It, well, they also thought they had nuclear weapons, I mean, which they did not have. They have chemical weapons. Yeah, there is a school of thought that Putin thought that he was going to probably walk in and be met with sympathetic uh, Ukrainians, and that it might be a similar type of operation. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, he was Victoria. Sadly- do you have a sense of what percentage, roughly, of Ukrainians are sympathetic to Russia? Mm-hmm. You know, two months ago, uh, there were sympathetic ones, uh, ten to twenty percent, and it's uh, it's mainly a generational thing. Mm. That the older generation is more yes. better. Yes, it appears to me from what I hear. I mean, because I talk to different generations. My dad's generation, my generation, my my son's generation, my daughter's generation. I have a lot of generations, so I do think that older generation. Some of them were uh, nostalgic of Soviet Union kind of era, and uh, they were sympathetic to Putin's idea. But there are not that many of them any longer, yeah. especially after two thousand fourteen. Right. Yeah. And what percentage roughly of Russians in Russia do you think are sympathetic to Ukrainians? Uh, 
it's harder to say, but I would put it at 30 plus percent, at least, at least. And it's also a generational thing. Yeah. I think it's the all... younger, the younger people and intelligentsia, mm-hmm. half of it at least, are more sympathetic. Mm-hmm. I think I saw something like 14 or 15,000 arrests for basically criticizing the, uh, the invasion in mm-hmm. Russia. They would criticize significantly more of them if not for the, uh, uh, if not for the KGB <laughs> watching over. <laughs> because um, at the very first days, as the war started going the wrong direction, uh, mm-hmm. Putin, um, he, he made the law that if you spread false information and every information that doesn't support the official narrative is false, yeah, then yeah. you are going yeah. for 15 years, you are going away into prison. And yeah. it's not just words. In, in Russia, it would be, it, it would, it would happen. So, and even, even though he did it, there are still people on the streets and they find a way to protest mm-hmm. the invasion. Well, I remember there was there was the uh, the news lady who had made a uh, sign and, and and was was showing it behind the evening news in Russia. That was there was anti-Putin and Avsanikov, um, Yelena Avsanikov. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she she uh, she made the news really. <laughs> so um, nobody expect her. Uh, her family didn't know. Her uh, coworkers didn't know. But I will tell you the amount of um, the amount of uh, unification. Mm. How well Ukraine is united now. Putin, he made it possible. Yeah. How so? They're all they're all united. He invaded the Ukraine. Yeah. He went against them. Oh um, wow! He united Ukraine by attacking it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So do you do you have you? You know, those people that were more sympathetic to the Russian way, are they still, you know, that way or have they changed their minds? Um, okay. you know I, I only know a couple, so I, I don't know many of them because okay. they're not in my circles. Uh, I believe some of them um, are a little bit scared now to, to lose their lives. Um, mm-hmm. Whether they change their opinion, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I wouldn't want to be associated with a country that you know puts you in jail for 15 years for disagreeing some people have something that's called conscience and it 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 forces them even though they know they will be put away it still forces them into protest Uh, consciousness consciousness, i mean you know i i i honor the people that do that that have the the courage to speak out knowing, you know, I mean, in America, I can walk down the street saying, you know, President Trump is a jerk, President Biden's a geezer, and, you know, no, nothing's going to happen. I'm not going to jail. Nobody's arresting. Okay, I will will make a statement here. Mm -hmm. First of all, uh, we are not in a state of war, right? Right, right. So when you are becoming in a state of war, uh, all types of war laws happen. Mm-hmm. And one of the laws is that you don't criticize the standing president who is the uh, the head of the state and leads the war. Um, for the false news, you might get uh, also a law. Uh, so President Putin, even though he calls it a special operation, he always the war, world war, uh, world, um, world war, he still mm-hmm. made a whole bunch of war laws, right? 
There is a false uh, false news law. There is um, martial uh, laws. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there are there are many laws. He 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 prohibited to call it spe- uh, anything but special operation. He doesn't allow newspapers to operate yeah, and war. call it war. Moreover, a lot of uh, opposition newspapers closed. They just closed. The last one was New Gazeta, Nova Gazeta. Yesterday it closed its doors because they took a Zelensky interview and they were not allowed to publish it and they got a couple warnings. So they decided instead of imprisoning their people, they will close uh, the outlet. So there is no opposition press now. Uh, there is, uh, there are all this, uh, there are all these laws. Um, they are quietly trying to co-opt people, uh, into becoming soldiers, even though they don't declare, they can't declare officially uh, the draft. So they have to go door by door. Yeah. They do it quietly. So he established quite a lot of laws that would, would be your state of war if, if he declares it. Right, right. Well, you know I what? guess I just look back to like the Vietnam War and the, um, the protests back then. I know for a fact that my sister-in-law was involved in many of those protests and a lot of those protests were geared towards getting arrested so that you were in the press and that your message got across. Oh, and, no, you, <laughs> your message will not get across. You will just get arrested in Russia. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> now, so it's very different. You know, the experience is very different here. Well, why don't we talk a little bit? I want to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. Zaleski. Vladimir mm-hmm. Zaleski. Because... Is it Zaleski or Zelensky? Zelensky. Zelensky stands. It's Zelensky. 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 Now this guy, mm-hmm. he um, he's an entertainer, he's a comedian. I saw a clip on YouTube where he mm-hmm. was uh, really? doing a variety show. You just found uh-huh. this very funny. He's uh-huh. like him and two other comedians mm-hmm. are standing behind some keyboards and they're playing the keyboards with a part of their anatomy that you yeah. can't see. Oh, <laughs> it's like it's like hilarious, you know, and so he's kind of like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Jimmy Kimmel or something, you know, would yeah. be here. And he he elevated to, you know, this is he went into politics. This would never happen where a TV personality or movie star would get into <laughs> somehow he got into politics and mm-hmm. he became the president of Ukraine. And now he his is the face of defiance and mm-hmm. I, you know. Freedom, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the one that at least Americans are embracing. You know, obviously Ukrainians are embracing in this war against, mm-hmm. you know, defensive war against Putin. So, mm-hmm. what do you think of him, Virginia? I mean, what do you think? Uh, Me personally, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I am in love with him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am absolutely stunned. Yeah. I think he is uh, one of the greatest presidents, and he's a real gift for Ukraine. I mean, I, I don't, uh, and he, actually, he's not an accidental president. He was elected by seventy-five percent of Ukrainians. Uh, he wow. he is truly elected president by seventy-five percent Ukrainians. Uh, although I would say he was elected because they didn't want to elect anybody else. He was you know, like a dark horse. He, they didn't know what they were electing. But um, we understand that. <laughs> but he's not only comedian he had quite a few um he was a, a, a tv actor and he had a huge series uh, mm-hmm. at how he becomes a president and 
and how the country goes into some, you know, war situations. Basically, the whole uh, <laughs> serial, you can watch it on Netflix, actually. I had uh, no idea. <laughs> no, uh, he was, he was, he's in, he, in the, he, in the he, series. He was in, a, he was in a show about being president and then they elected yes, him president. Yes. So he's a, he's a regular t- t- teacher of history who mm-hmm. runs and gets elected accidentally and how he, and it's a whole bunch of, very funny situations that which he goes through. And I called it to my friends. I said, I, I don't know anybody who ran such a smart campaign. <laughs> because right. when, when he, when he went to get elected, he already, they already envisioned him in this role for such a long time. That's right. Yeah. yeah. How long was the series on? I, I believe there were more than five, more than five, uh, five seasons, something, something wow. like that. Yeah, it, it's been a long, long, long running campaign. We're looking for a new show to well, watch. Well, you know, with Netflix, uh, you got American shows, and they they control it through your IP address, where you can't mm-hmm. see some international shows. I don't know if it's available. No, it America. is. It was. It was available on Netflix. It is called the the Servant of the People. It was available oh, on Netflix, and I I do think that it was uh, subtitled. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I think it was subtitled. Okay, but it's it funny. Out. It's really funny. And it's really, he's a really good actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I've heard uh, people call him Churchillian after Winston Churchill for the way he's resisting the totalitarian aggression. Uh, his main, you know, obviously he wants more out of de facto allies, I guess. You know, he's not, the, Ukraine is not part of NATO, but, you know, it mm-hmm. borders with Poland, which is, and, you know, he, he does, he, he did speak to Congress, I think maybe a week ago. Uh, appealing for the no-fly zone. And of course, President Biden is resisting that because it's, in essence, it's a declaration of war. You know, well, when you have a no-fly zone, you're saying- it, if war has been declared, in my opinion. Well, not, yeah, but- yeah, So why step United, back? Well, I mean- and Russia and, hasn't actually declared war yet on Ukraine. But they're, just, say, they're just in a denazifying operation at the moment. Yes, they call it special operations for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're saying if they're if you have a no fly zone, that means if if a Russian jet flies overhead, you shoot it down. Oh, that that's war. Mm-hmm. So that's why Biden has been. Uh, but it's okay. For are, you, are you aware of a, of, a, of a level of destruction in Ukraine that happens now? I saw like the cello player playing in a bunch of bombed out in, in the middle of the street. Okay, with a there bunch is, of bombed out buildings. There are there are several cities that have leveled. Completely. There are no, I mean, one of them is a half million city of Mariupol. You've heard of that. Yeah. It's completely bombed. It's shelled to the point there are no standing buildings. There is yeah. another city called Volnavaha. It's shelled to the point there are no standing buildings. There is a, a huge city of Kharkiv, multi-million city, multi-million city that has 1,000 buildings shelled, completely destroyed. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a it's a second capital. It used to be first capital of Ukraine, right. uh, and it's very close to the Russian border, and therefore mm-hmm. uh, it's in it is it was accessible from the first day of special operation, so called, mm-hmm. uh, of real war, and they started bombing it on the very first day. Uh, the amount of destruction is huge. What's huge. the name of the city again? Kharkov. Kharkov, they, they've leveled every building over a thousand. No, 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 not, not, not no, thousand, thousand buildings. Uh, it, it, there is still some Kharkov left, but there is very little left of Mariupol and there is Mariupol. very little left of Volnavaha. 
Yeah, I heard that's that Mariupol just... was hanging by a thread, kind of. Mm-hmm. So Biden is, I wouldn't say he's careless, but somebody called him the analytical president or the, you know, he, he tends to make commentary that gets mis- mistaken. And so he talked about Putin should not be in office anymore. He said he needs to be removed. I think. He needs to be removed from office, which is sort of almost, I wouldn't say it's careless, but it's, you know, he had to, he was called on the carpet for that because, and had mm-hmm. to uh, admit that it wasn't a change in policy. You know, Reagan joked that uh, the bombs were flying and we just started bombing, we, that we were bombing Russia and, mm-hmm. you know, just right before one of his uh, radio addresses, like a microphone check, but it was all. Yeah, yeah. But he, he's also said that uh, Putin's committed war crimes, you know, so I think he has the sentiment. Well, yeah, he opinion. has. I mean, the sentiment is there. The sentiment is, mm-hmm. is there, but, mm-hmm. you know, you, he's, he's aware they, of the consequences too. Reluctance to jump into World War Three is also mm-hmm. probably. Uh, I wouldn't worry about World War Three that much if I were you. I mean, uh, there is a certain amount of, uh, <laughs> um, how is it, blackmailing going on on the side of Putin, but I don't think he's ready to part with his life either, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, what do you think about the way that Biden's handling? Well, I think I, I think Will is better on that. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. Biden is. Um, I think the U.S. my my sense has done a good job with the Ukraine situation. A huge improvement from the Afghanistan scenario, which I think the whole world pretty strong consensus globally that was a, a pretty big blunder to leave the way we did and the results were pretty um pretty unusual and pretty bad um, right. my sense and i think that the sense of the global community is the u.s has done a good job as a leader we've been forceful the economic mm-hmm. sanctions has been severe the community of western nations coming together in the way that they have well of course there have been mistakes and some people think they should have done more and some people th- should think they should have done less has been pretty strong and i think biden deserves credit for that as the leader of of the U.S. and as president. As far as the gaffe goes, I do think that was a mistake. You need to be, I mean, your words are, in diplomacy, your words are what matter. And when you take a position as the president of the United States, what you say is the position of the president of the United States. And so I do think that was a mistake. And that goes back to my general you know, view about Biden is that I, I like Biden and, and he and I, generally speaking, have similar politics, but I don't think he is in his prime at all. Mm-hmm. And um, and when you elect a president who's in his late 70s that everybody agrees is not in their prime, you you take you know some risk that things like mm-hmm. that may happen. I think his administration is very smart. Mm-hmm. The Secretary of State, the Secretary of Defense, National Security Advisor. I think they're they're smart, they're rational, they're doing a good job. But I do think Biden is not. You know, if you were to put the He's not at the top of the list of somebody you would want as sort of the the mouthpiece of Western civilization right now. I think we'll be okay, but that's my sense. I don't know what is what does the group think. Yeah, he's, he needs to let Jen Saki, Jen Saki do the talk. Yeah. Well, and I mean, oh, I, I'm I'm not certain about Saki that much. I think Blinken does a good job, uh, but um, I don't think everything depends on American president unless we are in a state no. of war, which is no. that to America. Yeah. So uh, there are other people who are able to amend his mistakes, and it's clearly uh, uh, it's clearly a function of his age. 
and yeah. also being from the Cold War era when they were not choosing words that much. They just were saying what they were thinking. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. I think the U.S. is a leader, but mm-hmm. I, I certainly agree. There's a lot of other important people and a lot of other important nations um, involved. Mm-hmm. Well, Ukraine evolved, evolved quite a bit in a democratic state. There is even a joke going on that maybe yeah. Ukraine is not going to ask to be a member of NATO, NATO should be asking a member of Ukraine. So uh, Ukraine has surprisingly shown the strengths nobody expected, and, and Zelensky rose above everything, everybody else. So Good. it's, it's awesome. clearly, clearly an accomplishment and i do think they deserve to get if i can say so they deserve to get more arms so that they can protect themselves and the free world as well and not only arms to protect themselves but arms that can push out russia and keep it within the borders right well one of the one of the ideas is that that the the russians may be on the verge of like trying to find a victory in all this and and an opportunity to get out of it come Um, on (laughs) <laughs> they, 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 they will find. They will present the victory. They're, they will looking, the victory. they're looking for an exit with grace. Well, one of the things on the mm-hmm. table yeah, is that give it to them. It's it's for the internal. It's for the internal. Uh, uh, you know, auditorium, not for not for the Western world. It's for their Yay. internal population. What's the old saying about diplomacy? It's giving the other. It's giving the other side what you want. And I would be happy to give. I would be happy to give Putin something he can spin internally to stop bombing Virginia's home country. Right. I yeah. would. I would say that we should give somebody in Putin's circle something that Putin is no longer influencing. That I don't know right. if we can do that. Uh, that the, the, oh, that would be wonderful if that was possible. But that may Russian be Russian Tsars don't survive uh, the defeats that well. Yeah, yeah. Well, majority look- of Russian stars died after the defeats. So, mm-hmm. what, would, what would that look like? Would that be we're not going to join NATO? We're going to stay neutral? We're going to uh, not contest this? I don't know. I mean, what would it look like? What would the concessions look like that would give mm-hmm. that would satisfy Putin at this point? Nothing will satisfy Putin. Just if he acquires the Ukraine, will satisfy Putin. You have to keep him on the arm length. And you right. have to have the you have to have the arms to do that because he looks nothing like- nothing will stop him from invading I, again. I've heard a number of commentators that are very experienced and understand national security and foreign affairs much better than I do have said that they've predicted that the the way this will resolve is that Russia will end up with more territory in Ukraine, but not not the capital and not the whole country. Um, hmm. and, it's uh, certainly a scenario that he's hoping for now. This is number one B, right? Yeah. But and whether it's going to happen, we don't know yet, right? Absolutely. It's hard for me to envision him conceding in a way where he doesn't get something. That that would be for, as you said, going back to Russia as a loser is not a good option for his survival. And I think his just general nationalism and jingoism would, would prevent him from just pulling back and saying, all right, we lost, you win. Sorry, that just seems tough. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it... Well, he, there, sh- there, he- should, there should be something that if, if that, first of all, we don't know how the Donbass will end up, but hopefully, hopefully Ukraine loses a uh, little territory. Okay, there are Absolutely. quite a few scenarios that they can play out, but um, uh, there is Absolutely. nothing that stops him from invading again. 
Right. That's the thought I had earlier is like when this, if there is a ceasefire in the near future and there's a resolution, we don't get to just relax. You know, we still have Russia continuing mm-hmm. to build its arms and continue, you know, every few years they do something else. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I agree 100% Virginia. I, I would strongly, strongly support Russia losing completely and re- Ukraine not ceding any territory. Just as a matter of analysis, I wonder if that's possible. That's the idea. We'll see. It depends on the next couple. The next couple of weeks, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the the historic significance of the fact that you got Sweden on your side. You know, <laughs> Sweden woke up and said, "Oh no, this is bad." <laughs> that's uh, a sign. Well, yeah. I remember. Doesn't he look at uh, Kiev as the birthplace of Russia? I mean, he, that is the... Oh, this is, this is, this is what uh, Putin is debating, right? So, mm-hmm. um, uh, okay, a uh, long time ago, Kiev was the birthplace of Russia. Uh, of, uh, it was a Slavic nation that, um, that called themselves Rusic, not quite Russia. And at some point, um, at some point, but Kiev was such a desirable place to be that a lot of people tried to invade it from all the, from all the venues, from south, from east, the Tatar Mongols, uh, Turks, they all saw these lands as very, very desirable. They are very uh, inviting, very, um, good lands with everything, with, with, the, with the crops, with the climate, with the water, everything is there. And at some point, uh, there were a couple of Russian cities, right? So one of them was uh, Nizhny Novgorod and another was Moscow. And they had something, uh, in Nizhny Novgorod, they had something called Vecha. And in Kiev, we had something called Vecha. It's a democratic place when people gather together and decide how are they going to govern? Mm-hmm. But um, with Vladimir and other people, these things started changing. And at some point, Moscow became the capital because Kiev was invaded constantly. Mm-hmm. Viking, Turks, Tatars, t- call it. Moscow was, not, Moscow was not yeah. in such a desirable area. By the way, no. so they took over. <laughs> but they didn't have Vecha any longer. They had SARS. Yeah. So the Ukrainian people were used to fighting. It's in the DNA. They're used to protecting the country. Well, I, I don't follow you, Jenny. But you can you can you can, yeah. you can you can draw that out. I don't mind. It's, uh, freedom, well, yeah. freedom is in the genes. Yes, they have they have a history of fighting anyway. I don't know if it's DNA. They, yeah, yes, yes. There were a lot of. Uh, well, I see what Lisa's saying. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, because the of the American historical vulnerability of the location, and they 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 had to learn to fight they, for they what they had. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Will, what's the name? Be, your, or they'd be Turks and Mongols now. Will, did you go to Kiev ever? Have you been to Kiev? I've never been out of the U.S. yet. Uh, yeah, we've never been. No. I don't know if Will's been there, but Lisa and I. We've left the U.S., but not by that we've much. We've been to L.A. That's about as far as close. Well, yeah. <laughs> we've uh, to San no, Francisco. We've it's a different world. We've been to the Bahamas. <laughs> the Bahamas, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a different, a different, different climate and different, oh, yeah. different yeah. geography. Yeah. Will, oh, we know. Did you? Did We're you not visit travelers. I have not been to, to Ukraine, no. I'd love to go, but I have this is a wonderful, wonderful uh, country, inviting, great food, (laughs) great climate. Uh, Yes, um, Kiev is full of flowers, especially in spring. Everything, everything flowers. 
Kyiv has a lot of a lot of trees, a very very green city on the banks of a river on the gently rolling hills. It has wonderful legends. My, legends. My Ukrainian friend's last name means on the banks of a river. Nadberezny. Yes, Nadberezny. Well, this is banks of a river. Yes. Some of the aerial photography I saw there was a lot of uh, really interesting architecture and stuff like that, and, and the buildings are obviously old and. Um, it, does, it, it, it is, is particularly city, sad right? that, you or know, country. Yeah. I mean, if you bomb out an American city, our buildings are less than 100 years old, 200 max. Yeah. You know, well, there are thousand year old buildings in Ukraine. Right. In Kiev in particular, this is it. That makes it very, very sad yeah. to me. I think it makes it even more inconscionable. Right. I agree yeah. with that. Well, mm-hmm. why don't you go ahead and plug your book? Okay. For a oh, thank, thanks, Phil. So stress test, how Donald Trump threatens American democracy. Okay. Uh, coming out in the next couple months. And I appreciate that, Phil. Excellent. Welcome had, back. Yeah, thanks. And yeah. we've had, we've had yeah, fun talking about it. Yeah, you have to come on when the book comes out. What's that? Would... You'll have to come on when the book comes out if you can uh, give us an hour. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that kind of leads into my next mm-hmm. point. Like, what in the hell? I mean, mm-hmm. uh what was Trump doing on the eve of the invasion, um, talking about, you know, how he was impressed with the um, political maneuvering and, you know, and all this bullshit. And then, you know, mm. just the continued dialogue and, bol- and bolstering of Putin, all, you know, all throughout his uh, administration. And now mm. tonight, the latest development along these lines is he is going after Hunter Biden again. Um, they're talking about uh, the, the the secret motive behind the invasion is that Hunter Biden had funded uh, biochemical. Uh, 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 no, 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 that's 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 bull. That's, well, I'm not trying to spread the propaganda. Right. I'm just saying there's just so much. What yeah. Tucker Carlson, look, look, look. Know, as, uh, all the politics, wrong. all the all the politicians aside, it would happen yeah. regardless of who would be the president. Uh, actually, there were a lot of people who actually predicted it regardless. They didn't know who's going to be in power, right? They predicted yeah. it many years ago. Um, Aristovich, who is uh, person number two uh, in the information field in Ukraine now, he predicted that the war will be about that time. A couple of years ago, he just spoke about it. He didn't know who's going to be the president, of course, because in 2019, we still didn't know. So um, whether it would be Trump or it would be Biden, the word would happen because it it all has to do with the domination of the world by a person named Putin, uh, by by the fact that energy prices go up and the production prices of energy go up uh, also. Basically, there is no profit anymore. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it wouldn't go into Arctic. Even Mm -hmm. oligarchs start investing into the Russian oligarchs into green energy quietly. Mm-hmm. So um, there are some, there is a role of the person in history, but there is also, there are also trends, right? So right. whether it's, it's going to be. It's very narcissistic for idiot Americans to think that their pet political theory is the reason why something like this happens. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on that, that is not about internal American politics in the mm-hmm. world. And for people to think that, oh, Hunter Biden is the reason something like this happened is just yeah. really, really silly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like Virginia said, they knew this was coming at least 10 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's a sign of how um, sort of narrow-minded and narcissistic a lot of Americans are. Nobody on this show, of course, but... Right. That's no, I, I don't mind. You can call me narcissistic. It doesn't matter. What matters <laughs> it, is... It came, I'm up, okay with, with it came up with that... the Trump speech, though, and Trump <laughs> is, the, you know... Aside from Putin, he's the he's number two narcissist, I'd say, in on the globe. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, there, are, there are a lot of narcissistic people, especially in the newer generation. But that's yeah. the point is here is what we're going to do about the situation now, whether it's Trump or it's a, or it's Biden yeah. or whoever is at at the top of the American democracy. Right. American democracy true. has the strength in it. To, that's true. To, but I'm thinking, you know, uh, as Americans, you know, how is our the guy is leading. What I read today is that he's leading in, in opinion polls. He's he's leading uh, over Harris or Biden. And you know how is our country on moving forward if somebody like him or like him gets into office? I mean, how would that impact Trump? world events? You know, because apparently the entire party is shifting over to you know s- s- sympathy with Russia. Hmm. It's really right now. There's a lot of focus on what's happening in Ukraine and there's less focus on the sort of simmering political um, situation in the United States. But I think at the midterm elections next year and then the presidential election 2024, we're going to get a very unpleasant reminder of how dysfunctional we are. And I think Trump has a strong likelihood of playing a big role in that. Yeah, we have, uh, we have quite a few political, uh, uh, office seekers who are actually on tv saying yes we're pro trump we want strength in the white house and i'm like oh god (laughs) well we do want a strong president but just different people think the thing different definition of strength might be you want want strength in other things too you want strength you want intelligence you want integrity right yeah intelligence and integrity would be nice too right sometimes i think the uh, you probably want somebody like Zelensky, I would say. He's like Zelensky. He has. He's intelligent, extremely I intelligent. I didn't know that he played. He's very, very brave. He's very integral. He has a wonderful wife and wonderful children. Nobody ever heard of him uh, looking around, or you know. And he just loves, adores the wife. And he's um, what we call intelligentsia. He has a great speech. He graduated with a law degree from the university. Before what's he became an his, actor. What's the name of his series on Netflix again? <laughs> the Servant of the People. Servant oh. of the People. I, I, I had no idea that he played the president. Mm-hmm. Five, Please watch it. It's very, it's very funny on top of being yeah, very we, talented. We're going to. Yeah, we're going to watch that. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I have a question for Virginia. Well, um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I'm just curious with the Hunter Biden Ukrainian in the U.S. It's a big it's a big political fiasco. And then a couple of years ago when Trump was asking Zelensky to investigate the Bidens and that sort of thing, what do the Ukrainian people think about that stuff? Do, what is, from your perspective, what is, is that like? on their radar even? Yeah. No, I don't know. Um, majority of them are very much support, supportive of Biden, but some of them did support Trump. Uh, so Trump did provide little weapons first. Uh, Biden didn't okay. want to give them. And I would love to tell you that the Ukrainian army is trained and it's not an accident. They didn't mm-hmm. know that they did know that the war will happen eventually. That's why they're prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, regardless, regardless again, regardless of Biden, regardless of Trump, uh, mm-hmm. I cannot say that Trump did nothing for Ukraine. He did. 
Um, and I think some of the people are very grateful to Trump as well because he did provide lethal weapons. Lethal weapons were important. And before Trump, nobody gave them lethal weapons. Yeah. So what about Taiwan? I mean... Mm-hmm. Uh, here I am not an expert. I'll let you talk. <laughs> well, I'm certainly no expert. But I mean, what does this... How does this impact what takes place in other parts of the now, world? Now I have to get another colleague on. I have to get Lua. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think, Will? It's unquestionably a huge data point that China will be looking at, um, mm-hmm. watching how the world has responded to what Russia has done. And China will be drawing conclusions and trying to take lessons learned and applying it to Taiwan. For example, I think that that um, China will be it does seem like Putin was a little bit surprised in some ways about the strength of the sanctions and keeping the, you know, the currency and not giving it back and things of that nature that really have been harmful. Now, maybe he was surprised, maybe he wasn't, but it's been very damaging. I mean, Russia, the Russian economy has been hit very hard. And I think China will be recognizing that, recognizing that if they do invade Taiwan, there will be a very, very strong reaction from Western countries similar to Russia. Now, China's 10 times, 20 times larger of an economy. So it's a whole different animal in terms of what we can do to them. Right. But, but one broader lesson uh, from all of this that's somewhat, could be somewhat concerning mm-hmm. is that the West has been able to inflict a lot of harm on Russia because of the interconnected nature of Russia and Western economies. And if China or other bad actors want to do things that the West won't like, one thing they can do to reduce the bite of those sanctions is decouple themselves from the international the economic system. Yeah. So we may, I don't know if we will, but we may see a decoupling that mm-hmm. that would have huge consequences. It would make our deterrent less powerful, and it would also decrease the commercial ties between nations that often can prevent um can prevent uh, aggression from happening to begin with. So this is going to ricochet around the globe for many years. And the implications are going to be very, very significant. And Phil, I think you make a great point that Taiwan's uh, one of those major areas where uh, the ripple effects from this matter are going to be very, very strongly felt. All right. Well, you you know what? We've had a great discussion tonight. Yeah. Why don't we go around the room and find a if anybody else, if anybody has any more questions for Will and Virginia, starting with you, Lisa. Okay. Uh, I'm good. I, I have my final question that we'll do after, Okay. you know, Aaron. Yeah, just uh, thank you both for being here. Um, it's good to see you again, Virginia. It's so nice to see you. It's been a long time. It's been really long uh, time. Okay. Oh, Will, do you have any other uh, points or questions? Just thank everyone, uh, Phil and Lisa and Aaron. I always appreciate the gracious uh, hosting that you do. It's a lot of fun. So thank you. And Virginia, you. I've, I've learned a lot. Hearing your perspective has been very valuable, and, and I really appreciate your yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, thanks okay. so much. And if I am allowed to speak, I would yes. invite the whole the whole people, all people on the show after war and after we build a little bit more of a country. Yeah, I will invite you to a wonderful city of Kiev, and I will do a tour of the whole country for you if you want, because I have people in right. every single city now, and um, we'll, Ukraine we'll, we'll, uh, will we'll, amaze you. We'll get a Kiev tourism oh, yeah. link on here. Any, and, any charities or anything else that you guys want to promote? I want to promote uh, 
my 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 um my daughter's uh, charity concert for Ukraine benefit for Ukraine. Oh, she's awesome. she's a soprano and she sang some Ukrainian songs, and you can join and listen to those songs in her very first coming recital. Great. Yeah. Is there anything else that you need to, uh, I know that you expressed some uh, trepidation when you first came on the show. Was it, um, how was it, Virginia? Me? Uh, yeah. It's an interesting experience. I never had it. Usually my strong accent prevents me from speaking, mm-hmm. but I am trying to speak slowly. So that you guys understand. We appreciate that. There were a couple of words that I was a little iffy about, but in the majority, um, I was able to piece out uh, what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Over the last 25 years, I've gotten pretty good at. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for coming on. Now, the last um, question that I always ask is, is there anything that um, you feel we didn't cover that we should have? Uh, are there any questions that you it surprised you that we didn't ask something? Or did we hit on every single point in this whole uh, world? <laughs> well, I'm sure there's always something. <laughs> I think we covered but, everything. Yeah, there is it's a pretty broad issue, so yeah. yeah, we could always find something. Yeah, right, right. Ukraine, think- Ukraine needs arms, and Ukraine needs help, and then Ukraine fights for for, for the whole, you know, free world. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and and Lisa, I think you all do a great job of asking specific questions and open ended ones that let people oh, speak broadly too. So, oh, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just I just want to close by saying that uh, we all care about you know and hope the best for yeah. the Ukrainian people. This. Yeah. Bombing, you know, civilian targets and stuff like that mm-hmm. is barbaric. And needs yeah, to be, it's it's just unacceptable. Needs to be condemned and uh, mm-hmm. people need to be held, will be held accountable. One hopes so. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you guys yeah. have okay. an awesome evening. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming back on. We have social. Twitter. Yeah, uh uh-huh, pod. Instagram. Yeah, uh uh-huh, pod. Facebook. Yeah, uh uh-huh, pod. Website. www.yeah-uh-huh.com. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week. (laughs) 